Welcome back, everybody, to Dong City, July 28th, 2021, episode 68. The Della Batances special, baby. Anybody who knows me love, knows I love me some Della Batances. I don't care what anyone says. He had a five-year run that's unmatched. Love me some Della Batances. But here we are, episode 68. We got a lot to get to. Vince, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing great. Uh, you just alienated all the Mets fans, but that's okay. Um, I mean, look, yeah. we, knew, we knew what was going to happen once he became a Met, right? I knew he was done. Okay. Yeah, I, I absolutely knew he was done. Uh, I'm doing great. My my Griffey shirt finally came for my birthday. So now I'm in the uh, green shirt Griffey crowd. Yep, just like you. I think Jake Moses, Sandra Rivera, uh, we've all got the same shirt now. It's like a weird, nice cult. You should have told me ahead of time we could have been really corny and like... <laughs> yeah, like a, like a white family at Universal. Absolutely. Um, Testing positive for COVID and all. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have to find it somewhere like the Nationals, you know. I just say uh, COVID just will not go near me. It won't follow me. It won't do anything. That's a good um, thing. But that hasn't – let's get to the top of the story here before we get into the fun stuff. The Washington Nationals, I just had read, are up to 12 COVID cases. It looks like Trey Turner, which we'll get our, into our trade rumors – uh, Trey Turner, probably the catalyst for this, much like Aaron Judge was for the Yankees a couple like last week, two weeks ago. Um, now they're up to 12 players. So baseball, we screwed up a little bit. <laughs> I don't think they're going to be playing the next couple of games. Is Juan Soto going to get it again? I look him and Christian Yelich, man, and uh, and Glaber, right? They've all had it twice already. And uh, and uh, who's that third base coach? Uh, Phil Nevin almost died. <laughs> Yeah, well, him, I hope he gets it again if it makes him stop sending runners for no reason from third. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you get, like, getting it twice to me seems unreasonably ridiculous. <laughs> but <laughs> I guess it happens. Um, when you're, like, in your 20s and have millions of dollars, I'm sure it's a little bit of a different uh, social life than I have. So maybe that's why. If, if I'm going to get it, I want to be a professional athlete. Yeah, right. Well, I did get it, and I'm not a professional athlete, so that says everything right there. Yeah, short end of the stick there. But, hey, you've had antibodies for, like, three years now, so. Yes, sir. <laughs> so let's get into it here. I um, think that's I think that's the sofrito for my Puerto Rican blood more than anything else. But The coquito just, like, forms yes, baby. This, this layer around it and insulates it into Absolutely. Your yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's get into it here. So we start with the Nationals. We're going to get into This is mostly a trade rumor show. So if you're watching, feel free to, like Aaron is doing right now, feel yep. free to uh, add in any sort of rumors as we go live during the show. I have a feeling, Henry, that we're going to get some uh, Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo? We're going to get some Joey Gallo news before the end of this show. So Joey Gallo will be traded by the end of the show. Yeah. And if I had smart and dumb money simultaneously... I know which team he's going to go to. We'll get into that, but let's start. Let's start at the top. Um, Let's do a recap, and then we're getting into the current rumors. And then by the end of the show, uh, we can see if any of this means anything to this point. See if we're going to change the playoff landscape based on these trades, uh, or just go in as we did before the All Star break with our predictions. So, yeah, I'm not doing that. (laughs) First, the stuff that has been done. The Diamondbacks. This is fresh off the presser diamondbacks just traded eduardo escobar this was news that aaron just uh reminded us of to the brewers for cooper hummel catcher and alberto cyprian 
Um, he's such a Brewers guy. <laughs> a, whatever the Brewers are doing with their offense, he fits it. So for it's better, a very, or it's a very boring move, but I get it. It's a, like you said, it's a very Brewer move, but where is he going to play? I don't know, but you know, I felt the same way about Travis Shaw when he got it, when he was sent over there. I, they just, they don't have like positions and all of their guys are like beer league guys. It's kind of like the Yankees. <laughs> is it done? It's done. Oh boy. All right. Breaking news, Henry. Why don't you, why don't you share it with us? The secret that everyone knew was coming. Joey Gallo is a Yankee. Do we know the return? We do not know the return yet, but Bleacher Report. Uh, is reporting that the Yankees have traded for Joey Gallo. All right. Stay tuned for my mental breakdown before the end of the hour uh, <laughs> so, once we find out what the return is. When Rob joins us, I think we need to give him the task. He need, We need breaking news music. We need some sort of sound effect for breaking news. I agree. By the way, MLB trade rumors, the most ominous thing in my life is when you go to MLB trade rumors and it's one sentence, it just tells you who's acquiring someone, but it yeah. doesn't say the return. That's like the biggest blue balls I can think of it's, on the it's internet. the classic Twitter thing. Everyone wants to be the first to get it. Yeah. Thanks, MLB trade rumors. Now I know that Joey Gallo is going to the Yankees, and depending on the return, it's my worst nightmare, or Henry and I will justify it for like 25 minutes straight. So um, I will say, I will say, I thought there was a chance Bryce Harper would be here a few years ago. Yeah. I said to myself, Bryce is going to be that guy that sends it on the upper deck in right field. I think Gallo's that guy now. Okay. Okay. Like not that second deck that everyone calls upper deck. I'm talking true upper deck. I mean, he's got – he's absolutely – we didn't really see a lot of in the home run derby, but he has got Judge Stanton power from the yes. left side. And the left side at Yankee Stadium sexy because of that right field. Like you hit it deep to left – it's not going to look that impressive. Like judge has hit, you know, the casino before that's impressive, mm -hmm. but you hit a bomb like Barry Bonds, right? Old Yankee stadium. I know, but you hit a bomb as a lefty into that upper deck and it seems like it went into outer space. So that's kind of cool. Barry Bonds had a little aid, but that's another story for another day. Yeah. Well, Gallo might too. We have no idea. <laughs> Those West coast guys, man. I don't trust. Our luck. Yeah. Um, so Eduardo Escobar to the Brewers, uh, surface level, right? Immediate reaction. I think it's fine for the Brewers. I don't, uh, I don't think he's necessarily going to move them anywhere more than where they are, which is an NL central runaway to me. Yeah. And they're going to cost them. They're going to be a tough out. I, you know, I said that I don't think their needle changes at all. I think they're still going to be a tough out. Dodgers and Padres are probably going to make bigger moves than them. Um, Giants are better than them on paper. But the Brewers are a team that can be a real pain in the ass, like the Rays in the playoffs. And, you know, Escobar doesn't really change that for me. Or he, so he that's fits them perfectly. He's, he's boringly efficient, and that's what the Brewers are. Yeah. And I don't know much about Brewers' farm systems, not one I'm stronger on. I don't know what that return is for the Diamondbacks. I assume it sucks because the Diamondbacks suck. Um, but I don't think that's breaking the bank for the Brewers in any way. I think his best position is second base, which Colton Wong is at, obviously. So maybe they try him at third base and Urias becomes kind of the utility guy. I I was interested when I saw him come down thinking, where is he going to play? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's Yeah. So let's roll down again. The trades are done. Uh, Pittsburgh trading Tyler Anderson. Originally, it was the Phillies. They backed out. Instead, it goes to Seattle. Carter Bins and Joaquin Tejada 
in the return. I think that's a fine return for Pittsburgh. I'm not a huge Tyler Anderson guy, but I do admit he will help Seattle. Look, little tirade about Seattle here, right? Because this is going to tie into another trade they did. They traded Kendall Graveman, who's been their 0.82 closer, and Rafael Montero, who was DFA'd, uh, to Houston for Joe Smith, who's reliever, and Abraham Toro. You seem, based on that reaction, I know we haven't really talked about this directly, that you don't like that trade for the Mariners. I don't. They're they're in direct competition with the team they traded with, and he's their best pitcher. And so you like, did it while you're playing them. <laughs> that, I mean, yeah, that's well, just like extra rub on it. The while playing it part is weird because, in principle, they could just make that trade two days later. Like, there was no reason. They weren't up against the deadline. Um, I know this trade, I think, out of any of the trades has gotten the most heat to a team, like the most lopsided reaction. Yep. I I won't say I love it for the Mariners, but I actually do really like this trade, uh, mainly sticking to kind of common and boring narratives that I usually stick to when it comes to baseball. That is that Kendall Graveman is 30 years old. He's a career 420 ERA pitcher. I converted from starter to reliever so that past ERA probably doesn't mean as much as it would if he's in the same role but he is 30 years old and he's absolutely I mean he's never looked no further than Devin Williams he's never going to have this season again no matter how good you think he is Uh, I I totally get it I I get it it's just it's very rare that you see a team trade their best reliever when they're in the middle of it yeah and I can understand equally why Mariners players are so upset because it really does seem like betrayal it's like the cleveland indians in major leagues right like they're starting to play well they're making a run their owner like trades their best player away um i get that graveman's absolutely part of the solution in 2021 for the mariners but this is a mariners club if if they're if they were in a different part of their organizational life cycle i'd feel differently but they are about to explode they've got a great farm system they're starting to graduate guys who are entering their first and second years in the majors this year and next year by 2023 the houston astros will be an afterthought in the in the al west i really believe that i'm not just saying that cuz i hate them i look oakland always seems to do to compete Astros farm system is not great. They get the most out of their players. I get that. But the Mariners have a super farm system. The Padres had it. The Braves had it. We see what happens. The White Sox had it. We see what happens to these teams when they have seven, eight, nine top 100 prospects. They almost always hit to some degree. Mariners are going to be really good a year or two from now. The problem with that is that it's the Mariners. If it's any other team. Yeah, you expect disaster. And they're loaded. I'm like, okay, then they, they can have the run. Like the Astros did. The Astros traded well, you know, got picks, got players back, loaded up, and they had a nice run. It's the Mariners, and until they actually do it, it's it's the Mariners. Yeah, and I get that part of it, too. I mean, I'm not going to evaluate it based on historical. They've had, like, four GMs who have all sucked in that time. But uh, Joe Smith's a reliable reliever, so you're at least getting a reliever back. He's obviously not as good as Graven, but Abraham Pro, I think, is the key to this package. And I like him a lot. He's got a really good batting profile, a lot of power. It fits right in, again, the Mariners' organizational philosophy, and he's very cost-controlled. So you're getting one of those cheap supplemental talents to surround your core while you're heading into your window in the next year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I, I just think the hate on that, on that trade in particular is a little short-sighted. I don't think people are looking at the bigger picture. It hurts the Mariners in 2021, but really, what are the Mariners this year? No, what yeah, what is their ceiling, you know? They sold they sold really high, and, and again, yeah. I, I don't blame them. It's just 
it's very odd. You don't you typically don't see it. So I get why they did it. I yeah. get capitalizing on value and, and maximizing your return for future years. I totally get it. It's ballsy for sure. I'm right there with you. I mean, you don't see this often. I they Yankees, I wanted to do it with Voigt last year, right? He was their best hitter last year. Both did, I wanted yeah. them to trade him while they were in a playoff position. So we both did. Dong City said that early. Yeah. And uh and they didn't, and you see the other side. You know, Kendall Graveman very well, maybe not because he's going to Houston. Lord knows what cheating mechanism they're on at this point. But Kendall Graveman may very well have a four ERA next year at 31 years old. It's <laughs> like that wouldn't shock me at all. It's going to blow up on them, and I'm going to love it. Yeah, it's yeah. just a matter of when. Right. So, yeah, and to Melvin's point, that's kind of what I was getting at, is that Mariners' upside is second wild card. They're very, very likely going on the road and playing a play-in without an ace oh, against shit. either the Red Sox, who have Chris Saleback, the Rays, who are the Rays, or a team like the Yankees or Blue Jays, who would be red hot by then. So... I just, I, I like it. You know what? Mariners I, weren't going to get out of the AL with the White Sox, Red Sox, and Astros in it. If my and son White is Sox. correct. Yeah. If my son is correct in the comments section, I'm gonna uh, be no, little, I'll be a little pissed. Yeah. I, you. And if he's trolling us, I'm not paying his tuition this semester. We got Joey saying uh, Peraza. That's a, that's a troll. That's a classic troll, Joey yeah. troll job. I'm not worried about that. When I first saw it, well, let's go with what we know with that rumor. Uh, the rumor is Joey Gallo. Well, now we know Joey Gallo, so going to the Yankees. The right. rumor originally was Ezekiel Duran, one of their shortstop prospects, got benched. Uh, he was scratched from the lineup. Yeah. So we, uh, we are deducing that he's part of the deal, one of the shortstop prospects, which if that's the case, Yankee fans should be ecstatic because they still have Anthony Volpe and Oswaldo Peraza, who are both better prospects in my mind than Duran. Um, if Clark Schmidt's the other guy in that deal, that's a tough loss. I mean, that's yeah. a guy who is major league ready and a starter, and he's rehabbing from injury right now, and they probably sold low on his value. But even Schmidt, I mean, I'm just looking at this. I'm a Yankee farm system snob like if you're going to quiz me on the farm system that's the one i feel like i know the best because i've actually seen some of these guys play too um i'm not as high on clark schmidt or debbie garcia for that matter as other people are uh that said i think i i always look at things from a value standpoint not necessarily what i think they're going to become because I'm, I'm just as strong as, as any expert would be um I don't love the value of it if you're giving away Duran and, and Schmidt for a year and a half of Gallo, but I I'm not I don't think Clark Schmidt's going to have this great one or two starter career that some people are projecting him to have. Yeah, uh, now it's saying it's a six player deal. Okay. Yankees well, getting two players up. back. It looks like John King and Joey Gallo. Is John King a reliever? John King, I don't know. That would slow on it is MLB trade rumors, by the way. That would make sense based on what the Yankees did earlier in the week. Well, I said in, in our comment thread, I thought that the Yankees would land and a reliever combination. Um, so if he's a reliever, that certainly fits the bill. It explains why they traded Sessa and Wilson to free up payroll space, which is another move on our list. Louis yep. Sessa and Justin Wilson to Cincinnati for prepared to be named later. So that was essentially a salary dump, and they attached a underrated productive Luis Sessa to that deal. So they'll take all of Justin Wilson's salary, which they did. Totally underappreciated Luis Sessa. Luis Sessa was not 
appreciated by Yankee fans. He got a lot of shit, but man, he ate innings. He he did a lot of mop up duty and and he did his job a lot, man. Sometimes he came in in blowouts and he gave up runs and, and that's what his job was. But he was a very effective pitcher for us for what four or five years. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you phrased it correctly. He ate innings, um, but he did so well and he had a two eighty two ERA today. So that's a nice haul for the Reds for a pretty minor salary to eat something they could do. The Yankees couldn't Yankees did a salary dump. It's the opposite of how it was 20 years ago. John King Uh, is indeed a a reliever and a lefty reliever at that. Well, there you go. So they're, they are replacing essentially Justin Wilson. Louis Sessa was replaced a different trade that the Yankees did earlier, which was acquiring Clay Davis from the pirates. Um, That was, that was for park Hoy, Hoy park, who was, Again, someone that Yankee fans were in love with. He's killing AAA. I personally think fan favorite. Yeah, he to me is another Rob Ref Snyder type, where he's a he's a quadruple A player. But the difference is that minor league balls are juiced and have been this year and and well last year didn't play, but this year their their balls are juiced. Um, And he's a product of that. If you look at at Park, he's a sub 800 OPS guy career in the minors. Yeah. Not a big loss. Yankee fans will make it out to be like he is a huge loss. I do think he could have probably been a solution this year to try in the middle infield, given our middle infield problems and injuries. The problem but, with that is Rubenet Odor has gone off. Yeah, simultaneously to them trading him, Odor has become a pretty productive player. He's hitting almost 300 the last month. I just um, don't see where, where you play Park right now. You, you, you know, Odor is killing it. It's OPS yeah. is almost is above 900. He's I think Park could have been an upgrade over over Tyler Wade, but Wade's skill set yeah. essentially speed, and that's something Park does not have as much of. But I think Park would have offered more. So in that sense, he could have. But again, we're we're grasping at straws here. Park's not going to move the needle organizationally. I don't mind lose losing him. I'm not crazy about Clay's either and his fire on the Pirates in NL Central as a reliever, but. Same as Wandy Peralta, these guys are major league lottery tickets. You see if you can turn them around. This trade with Kane on the return makes a lot of sense because you're probably getting a more productive Justin Wilson. If I had to guess, Henry, and you can verify this for me, is Kane signed through at least 2022? My man tried 2026. Exactly. So there you go. This is year one on his rookie deal. Two team control years and then his first three, three years, which start in 2024. This is what you have to understand if you are not a Yankee fan and don't follow the Yankees closely and you're wondering what the hell they're doing. I don't think because of the, the Yankees have a payroll restriction this year. They have all, that's why their winter was so weird signing Corey Kluber didn't really go all in as they have been known not to do recently. Um, They're resetting the cap and major league baseball. You reset the cap every three years. It saves a bunch of money in taxes. It saves you punishment from draft picks, all this jazz. So Yankees are doing that. It, I'm, I was mad about it. I still am. I think it's dumb to do during a World Series window, and it's even dumber to do right before a CBA is about to expire. We have no idea what the next CBA is going to look like, but they did it. And other teams do it, too. Every three years, they reset the cap. In the Yankees' case, if 2020 was a full season, you were looking at about a $260 million payroll. They had to get under 210 which they did. They're at a, With this Gallo-Kane return, they're probably going to be right around 210 now. So I say all that to say this, they cut 50 million from their payroll. They didn't keep in payroll. They cut 50 million from their payroll. And now if the, if the CBA is relatively the same, 
they can theoretically add up to 50 million to their payroll this winter, mm-hmm. not counting what's coming off the books. So Yankees are not in this stage where they're cooked or they have to rebuild fully or anything like that. 2022 is still part of their World Series window. These moves are for 2022 as much as they're for 2021. That's why I knew Kane was probably cost-controlled. So now you have Lutke and Kane and Britton and you, and Wandy Peralta, and you saw these guys as left-handed options next year. Um, and you've already replaced Sessa and Wilson in the 2022 bullpen with Davis and um, and Kane. And, and one now thing Gallo, people, obviously, is now fielder people, who replaces Frazier. People will forget because I'm seeing it all over Twitter for a rental. A rental. Joey Gallo is not a rental. Joey Gallo right. is signed through next season as well. And that was the hill I was willing to die on. I didn't want Trevor Story. I didn't want Sterling Marte because I didn't want a rental. I, I don't. This team is not good. <laughs> if they make the playoffs, great. They're only two and a half games back right now of a wild card spot, but they're not going anywhere. They're not as good as the Red Sox. They're not as good as the Rays. They're not as good probably as the White Sox or Astros. And they probably can't beat the Blue Jays either because they haven't all year. Right now, no. Right. My, man, my man Felstein is losing in the comments and that I – I think until we see what their return is, this is not a mortgaging of the future. I think it's Schmidt and Duran. Um, Schmidt has been verified by some tweets, so I do think it's going to be Schmidt and Duran. They say it's four players going back, so it's right. not what the other two are. Please be. Voiced. I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to say the other two players are not as high caliber as uh, as those two. I think that was probably the centerpiece, for, which is why we have the names so quickly. That's that's market value. I don't think you know Cashman didn't get fleeced here. Whether he wanted to get Joey Gallo or not is totally your prerogative. I, I get it either way. This, this solves two problems. This solves a left-handed bat problem and it solves a defensive problem. Joey Gallo is a very very good defender. People don't give him enough credit. So you have a very good defender in left. You have a very good defender in right. You have this three-headed power machine with Judge Stanton and Gallo. If they can all get on the field and stay on the field at the same time. I don't hate this deal again, depending on what the other four, the other two players are in the deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think it's terrible. Again, Clark Schmidt. uh, Oh, I will say one thing, guys. I'm going to need people to calm down. I'm getting text messages and phone calls from people. Aaron Judge is not being traded for Joey Gallo. Calm the fuck down. Yeah, that's definitely not. Aaron Judge was pulled out of, uh, was scratched from the game and warm ups for non health reasons. And people start doing, Aaron Judge is not being traded for Joey Gallo. Relax. Yeah, that's not happening. Judge was scratched, presumably, for some other issue. Um, I'm not a big Gallo guy, but Feldstein, again, commenting, this is not not just for 2021. It's for 2022 as well. We don't know if they're going to extend him either. He provides a little bit of Judge insurance long-term if you want to extend Gallo instead of Judge. Uh, he has enough cachet where that could be palpable, uh, palatable. And uh, and he's, he fills a hole, left field or center field. Take your pick. Yankees have a hole in both. It gets Gardner hopefully off this team because I think Aaron Hicks personally should be a fourth outfielder. But maybe they put him in left or, or gal- either way. It's him, Hicks, and Judge next year. He's still upstanding. So. You know, I'm, st- I'm still a Hicks guy. I think Hicks healthy is a good player. Yeah. Um, it's getting Hicks healthy. That's the problem. <laughs> I, I like Ezekiel Duran as a prospect, but we have Anthony Volpe and Oswaldo Oswald Peraza. So those are two guys who are top 100 prospects who play the same position. 
And by the way, the Yankees have about 15 guys, like it seems like they have every year, who are eligible for Rule 5. So you had to get some 40 40 men guys off the roster too. Yeah. Uh, which Schmidt and Duran, I believe, both are, or at least need protection. So that solves that problem too. It's it's an okay deal. It's not a terrible deal. Joey Gallo, again, is not the type of hitter I want, but if you get rid of Sanchez and Frazier and Voigt this winter, which Voigt has to be on a hot seat with all these shortstops and first baseman hitting free agency, he has um, it's okay. And you see it in over and over. DJ playing first base is a plus. Yeah. He's, he saved put, that Britain's ass yesterday. You can start to dream a little bit. You put DJ at first, you move Glaber back to second. You've now improved the right side of the infield. You still have Roof Neto door for two years, so he's a good bench guy. Uh, and then you get you plug in a shortstop with the aforementioned money they're going to have, whether it's Seeger or a trade for trade turn or whatever it is. And then you've got Geo still at third. You can sign a defensive catcher, I think would be fine. I don't think you need a big bat there. And now you've got Gallo and Judge on the corners. You bring back Hicks. Maybe you, tr- you get another solid outfielder who's not named Brett Gardner because he sucks. And now all of a sudden you're okay. Or maybe Andujar is going to platoon in left if he ever stays healthy. Frazier's gone. Voigt's gone. Sanchez's gone. That's fine with me. You can trade Sanchez. He still has a year left. You can trade Voigt. So you can start to dream a little bit on a more balanced lineup and Gallo could be part of that solution, but he absolutely to me is not the solution. We'll have to see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, a guy who could have very well helped the Yankees instead he went to the Padres. That's Adam Frazier. They acquired Frazier and cash considerations from Pittsburgh for a slew of prospects. Um, from what I hear, those prospects are pretty good. So nice job for Pittsburgh there. I mean, Pittsburgh got a great return, but it's, Padres, I mean, what can I say? They they just they make moves, man. I feel like they're making big trades every season for the last three years now. They're they're willing yeah. to add that missing piece if they think something's going. I did see somewhere that they they would shop Cronworth, which would be very interesting because he would bring back a pretty decent return. So yeah, getting Frazier and, and trading Cronworth, I mean that that's a good swap. You know, you're getting what you can get for Cronworth. This is what smart teams do when they're in this type of window that the Padres have entered. You trade guys at high volume. The Rays just did this right with the Damis earlier this year. You trade guys who have high value uh, because you have the guys to replace him internally because you develop talent. Correct. And then you just keep replenishing that talent by making these trades over and over again. Like that's how the Rays stay afloat. They do this over and over and over again. And this is what separates teams that can compete for long periods of time and teams that can't. Now, the Red Sox are a weird hybrid. They don't do that. They basically blow their load every four years, put together a super team, win a World Series, suck for a couple of years, replenish the farm, and then do that over and over again. Fucking works every time. <laughs> and it does. They've got it down. I'm tired of these I'm tired. It is great. But teams like the red the rays and the dodgers and i think the padres are going to fit that mold and you're seeing it a little bit with um you know you see with the astros they trade guys when they have high value they replenish them they replenish their farm system with them and they have because they can develop talent they just plug in new guys and by the way Feldstein, absolutely all of this because we talk all of us are in agreement systematically the yankees are all messed up Aaron Boone has to be fired or else none of this matters at all because they're never going to win anything as long as Aaron Boone's the manager. I think that that is the one silver lining 
of all of this is that you have to fire Aaron Boone after a season like this and his contract's up. So it makes sense. You, you know what would be a good move for the Yankees? You're going to hate it. Trade Voight. Go get Javi Baez. Resign Javi Baez. Javi Baez is the absolute last person on the planet <laughs> who isn't already on the Yankees. I'd rather have Javi Baez than Trevor Story. Uh, no, I, would. I, I don't know. I would. Well, that's I, I don't want either of them. Put it that I way. I would rather I, have Javi Baez and Trevor Story. I do not want Trevor Story anywhere near this team. I I don't want either of them. I'll leave it at that. It, like picking between them is like picking. Do I want to like die buried alive or do I want to drown to death? Like I, you know, it's I'll pick one, but it's not really going to solve anything. Uh, I don't want any pieces. The, answer, of them. the answer is drowning, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. I live in Florida, so uh, I don't know. Uh, drowning's much more realistic to me, I guess, than, <laughs> than being buried alive. Buried alive takes too long. Your thoughts will fuck with you. Uh, no. Yeah. Um, Larry picks drowning. <laughs> Let's have that as a question. Pick. How would you rather die? Would you rather be buried alive, that's Javi Baez, or would you rather <laughs> drown, that Trevor Story? And we'll see who who picks what. Um, Blue Jays trading TJ Zook, who I, I absolutely love that name. Uh, I thought that was Aaron's cousin. Louis. I know, right? Uh, that's Aaron. That's how you should spell your name. That's a great spelling. Z e u c h. Um, and then I think the only oh, and the, and then the big one that affects all of the AL East. Yep. Well, two big ones really. Uh, first of all. NL East, Marlins trading Starling Marte. This just happened today. For Jesus Lazardo, Derek Jeter, step right off. What a move. Bro, how the Boy, fuck yeah, did that he was pull, How did he pull that off? They the Marlins are paying all of Marte's salary, but they're only paying two months of salary. So who cares? That was a fleecing. I'm sorry. Absolutely brilliant move for a team like the Marlins to do. You know you're not going to extend him. You tried extending him for dog shit. He didn't take it rightfully so. So you trade him and you get a top major league ready six years of team control prospect. And why that's so great for the Marlins in particular, besides the fact he's going to be cheap as shit for the next three years, is that now if the Marlins wanted to, they can take one of their other three, four, or five different ace caliber guys and trade them for bets. So the Marlins just fattened their their talent by getting rid of a guy they weren't going to bring back next year anyway. That's a great move. For you the know Marlins. what? And, and I don't want to bring it back to the Yankees because I don't want to do overdo it with the Yankees, but Marte's a free agent. There's another guy. You pair him with Hicks. That's a hell of an yeah. outfield. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Yankees, I think, just need to pad everything. Uh, all of the guys they relied on this year, they need to have a – 1A plan for next year. I think it's the only way you can survive with all their terrible systematic problems and injuries. Um, the Twins, the other, this was the big trade for the AL East. Twins trade Nelson Cruz to Tampa for uh, Calvin Faucher. When I and saw that, I wanted to throw my phone. <laughs> Joe Ryan, Drew Strush, excuse me, Strotman, also in the deal. Yeah, that. Uh, this was like one of those guys, right? Like Chris Bryant's been tied to the to the Mets for a few years now. Uh, you've always got the Jose Ramirez to the Braves thing kind of on your mind. Nelson Cruz to the Rays is like something that I've had in my head for years. And I've just been waiting for it to actually happen. And now it has. Ridiculous. But I never go and predict it. But it's like, that makes so much sense. Nelson Cruz is such a Tampa stretch run DH option 
It makes so much sense. And you know he's going to kill it I there. It. I hate it. He homered in his first game. I hate yeah. it. I hate that fucking deal because he's just it's just another player to be under, a thorn in the side against the Yankees, which Cruz has ridiculous numbers against the Yankees. And he's absolutely what the Rays needed. <laughs> like they I like, need I like that, that deal bat. for the Rays. I love that deal for the Rays. They need that bat. They can all rally behind the instant power, which is something that the Rays, you know, without without a, a ton more strikeouts, it's just absolutely. He's a professional hitter. Guy like Wander Franco is going to probably learn a lot from him at this level. No, he'll um, learn which PED to use. Yeah, for sure. He doesn't have to play the fields. You're not impacting their elite defense or run prevention. He's just adding offense. It's just such a smart deal. He is what I wish Stanton was. And I say that because he's a guy that thrives off just hitting. Yeah, I think or, or Stanton- J.D. Martinez, right? Like any of those career DHs who can actually exactly. just hit. Um, Stanton never seemed to adopt that yeah. as a DH. I think he has to play the field in order to kind of pick it up and, and feel yeah. like he's a part of the team fully. And some guys are like that. Um, so, yeah, second half of the show. Let's go to our uh, our rumors here. And we'll start with everyone. Let's scratch, let's scratch Joey Gallo off the rumors. Yeah, Joey Gallo, we can scratch off the rumor list. He goes for a very fair market value deal to the Yankees. The Yankees. Which the other team involved for Joey Gallo was the Padres, which could you imagine if you put him in that lineup? Yeah, I, I liked it for the Padres. I thought, I thought the Padres were going to get him. I was wrong about that. Um, Chris Bryant, we'll start there. Obviously, so the Cubs... I don't know if they're this is strategic or not, but Chris Bryant and Craig Kimbrell or and Anthony Rizzo for that matter are all still there. Uh and Javi Baez. They have not traded, they haven't, they again haven't committed to a full rebuild here. We don't know how many of these guys they plan to extend. We don't know how many of these guys they're gonna let walk because they're the Cubs and they've just made ass nine decisions the last few years. Uh, I don't really know what's going on there. It could be an 11th hour thing. Maybe they're waiting for other guys to come off the board so the value goes up, but Chris Bryant's still there. Giants seem to be that front runner, although I talked to my Giants fan friend this morning, and this is just not a deal the Giants make, uh, which I agree with him. I can't remember a trade of that caliber. The Giants just aren't a team that gets involved in deadline deals that much, at least not to this caliber it's still the Mets still make sense to me, Henry. I don't. I don't the know. Mets, if you guys do I think the Giants do get a Cub, but it's not Chris Bryant. I think they end up with Javi Baez. I can see that. That'd be funny because I, I really think they end up with back him. in the day, man. Yeah, I think they end up with Baez, and I think the Mets end up with Chris Bryant. The, the Mets need to plug that hole at their base. Yeah, uh, Chris, and this is again kind of like. Not that Nelson Cruz the Rays had a lot of smoke. Gallo to the Yankees is a better example. Brian to the to the Mets has been a rumor off and on for like two years now. Two years so, now, yeah. And this is really the last chance for the Cubs to get it done, or else they're just going to let him walk, or they're going to try and extend him. And I don't I don't know if that's going to happen. So this is it. <laughs> and the Mets to me makes the most sense. I'm going to stick with that. Uh, the other big name here, one of several, Max Scherzer. Here's the latest on him. As of last night, eight clubs interested. Why not? I mean, he's far, 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 far and away the best pitcher available. He's an absolute ace. He'll put any team over the top. Reminds me of Verlander in 2017, uh, except he has great numbers instead of shitty numbers. The Astros capitalized on with that trade. He has a no trade clause, so he can kind of control his own narrative and only go to contenders here. 
um, like like contenders he likes. Mm-hmm. He has a preference allegedly for the West Coast, but I've seen that the Rays and Red Sox I think are also on that list. Um, what do you think with Scherzer? I, I have three teams and I've said it repeatedly that I think are in the mix here, but what do you think? I think he ends up with fucking Boston. I think Boston is going to have Sale and Scherzer on the playoff front. It's interesting you say that because as of today, a rumor came out that Red Sox ownership is pushing Kyle Bloom to try and acquire Chris Sale. I mean, uh, to try and acquire Max Scherzer for that exact reason. They're envisioning Chris Sale and Max Scherzer in the playoffs, which admittedly I think would make the Red Sox the World Series favorite, probably not even just the AL favorite. Absurd. Uh, but uh, but Kime is hesitant, and why not? Because that's not his style. Like this is they have the opposite front office struggle that the Yankees have. The Red Sox ownership wants to make the big splash and the GM doesn't. Whereas with the Yankee ownership, they don't want to spend a dime and Brian Cashman can't make a big splash. So uh, we'll see. I, you know, Kime just got hired 2019. This is really the first year he's had a chance to do much of anything. We're seeing the imprint he's making. So it's um, that thing. I don't if know you, if it's going to happen. You're, they you're have the process. I mean, they could get that deal done. They do have a few top 100 prospects. If, if you're the if you're a fan of the AL East, you kind of take it and you say, "All right, that'll make him the favorite right now." But I mean, right now it's 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 a seller's market, right? Yeah. So you know they'd have to give up a ton to get him. So do, are they going to give up some of that talent that would be a thrown in our sides for years to come? Maybe. Scherz is, uh, Scherz is a free agent, right? Yeah, he's a free agent at the end of this year. Yeah, he's a rental. They'd have to acquire prorated $34 million. So you're talking about... And Red Sox reset the cap, so eight, they, they can eight, do it. Maybe 8 mil? Yeah, probably about 8 to 12, I'd say. Who, probably. who expected the Red Sox to compete now? Nobody. Right. So... It, it, it's a struggle. It's a power struggle to me because this is not Kimes thing. He doesn't do stuff like this. He didn't do it with the Rays. He's not going to do it with the Red Sox, but also this is very much a Red Sox thing. When they were when the Red Sox know that they're in, they go all in. They make the Chris sale trade. When the Red Sox don't think they're in, they completely will tank and have no problem doing so very publicly. So this is a little different at all win stage. Now it's a little different because you know, he's a rental. With sale, they got a ton of value up front. And um, to your point, for pitchers, it is absolutely a seller's market this deadline. Position players a little different. There's a lot more depth, but Max Scherzer is going to get is going. The Nationals are going to get two top top prospects for him from someone's organization. Um, I think it's going to be like a Jose Quintana trade back in the day. I think they're going to get a blue chip, and I think they're going to get a second top 100 guy for sure or as a rental. I think it's going to be that drastic. Um, by the way, Jeff Passon reporting the the, team, the names are official, and I'm not mad at it. Glenado, okay. Ezekiel Duran, John Smith, Trevor Hover. Not mad at it. Trevor Hover? Yep. I know one guy is going to hate this, um, and, and you know who it is. But – um. So to shed some light on that for anyone wondering, Trevor Hover right now is an A ball. I actually saw him a couple months ago in low A with Tampa, uh, putting up really good numbers. I he was one of the guys. I, you know, he wasn't bad. He, he's a solid hitter, but he's an A ball and and four years away. 
Yeah, it's it's a nice lottery ticket for Texas. It's not he's not going to be a top one hundred prospect anytime soon. Glenn Otto is having a huge year uh, for the Yankees right now. Really great numbers in AAA. I think he's like twenty five or twenty six. I'm not mistaken. Glenn Otto is a Rule Five guy. No, I think he is. Yes, yeah, he has he requires protection. Uh, I think he's in his mid twenties, so he's not like a heralded prospect, but he's got good numbers. So, so Cashman's getting rid of a couple of guys that needed to be either put on the team or traded. And this is what he's doing instead of just losing them. And years ago, we've lost these guys. Cashman has cleared eight, by my count, eight guys who either need Rule 5 protection or are on the 40-man roster already in the past week. And he's basically added two relievers and Joey Gallo for it. So whatever you think of that, fine. But these are all guys he might have lost for free, to your point. And salary relief for whatever it's worth. I know it sounds funny coming from a Yankee fan. Right. So for Texas, those are four guys who could potentially all be productive. Um, Otto and Hover, again, aren't aren't top prospects. Duran, not a top 100 guy, but he's he's definitely a top 10, I would say, prospect in the Yankees organization. And, of course, Clark Schmidt is the crown jewel. They're probably a top five from the Yankee system even now. With, uh, yeah, I'd say he's probably the fourth guy uh, in the Yankee system. So that's a nice haul for Texas. I wouldn't say it's a ripoff, though. I think that's a no. I, I think it's fair value. It's fair value. Yeah, and if you're adding in, by the way, that the Yankees got a six-year cost control reliever, that that's a totally fair deal to me. Um, so that we can put the the uh, the gift wrap on that one. That one's done now. The so, yeah, I, I mean, Max Scherzer is going to – the Nationals are going to get paid <laughs> for Nat, Max Scherzer. Red Sox are obviously a rumor that just surfaced. Personally, I think Dodgers, Padres, Astros, take your pick. It's going to be one of those three teams. I don't see the Astros because their farm system is ass. It is ass, but they have a lot of those guys who – like Toro, for example, who are on the major league roster who probably aren't prospects anymore, but they have value and they're playing well. I think you can piece that together if you wanted to. And for Max Scherzer, they might feel compelled to do it. The Blue um, Jays is an interesting one. Yeah, so the Blue Jays always seem to to be in the mix for that big guy, like right? Like David Price comes to mind, you know, when he was entering free agency, they they went and got him. I don't see it with the Jays only because I haven't heard much smoke and I don't think he's on their list. But I do think the Dodgers and Padres make the most sense because – with the Dodgers and Padres, it's an arms race at all times, right? Like they've been in this arms race now for a year. So say hypothetically, one of them lands, I don't know, a Trey Turner in a trade or uh, Trevor Story or whatever, Kyle Gibson, who knows? Any of these other high-end guys, the other one's going to counter. Now mm-hmm. the Padres just landed a guy. Um, I think the Dodgers, I, I think Dodgers is probably my top choice for Scherzer. And I said it with Bauer, Henry, is the same logic. This is what they do, and now they have to replace Bauer. So <laughs> it makes total sense. They can do it. They always have the prospects to do it. Um, that's probably my top choice. I'd say the Padres are probably that second bet. And they and got the, to be my dark horse. And they got a taste of the. They got a taste of the, of the winning man. They, that ship hits different. Yeah, and once you win that championship, like you don't really have to worry as much about hey, are we going to be good five years from now? Like hey, we're in our window. We won the World Series. Let's get a little dynasty going, and then we've got some grace for the next. 15 years from our fans. So they won one. They could win. They're, they're on the precipice of possibly being in the mix for that second one. Why not get a guy like Scherzer, especially with Clayton Kershaw's contract coming up soon? 
Um, they've got money coming off the books. They're in good payroll shape and they've got the prospects. So, and it's West coast. So if Fitz Scherzer was built, he has no trade. So he'd accept it. And it's a world series contender. So all of that adds up. Craig Kimball's that other name. Um, and uh, the Cubs fans are very much having a reverse 2016. They, all of the guys <laughs> that they can trade are having great years and they should trade them. <laughs> like Rizzo's having a good year. Brian's having a good year. Craig Kimbrell's having a renaissance year. Replenish that farm, Cubs fans. That's what we want to see. Um, White Sox and Red Sox obviously are two of seven teams. Here's my dark horse. I haven't heard anything tied into Kimbrell yet, but if I had to guess how this plays out, Red Sox land to Para and Kimbrell goes to the Blue Jays. That's how I see it playing out. I don't think Kimbrell leaves Chicago. Okay. Wow. He just, that goes, he just goes to the south side. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, both. Hey, I mean, the White Sox, that, that would be a very cashman move. White Sox doubling down on their own talent, on their own, on their own strength, which is yep. the bullpen. Um, I, think, I, I think that's, that's the move for them. They got just, the starting pitcher locked, starting pitch doing their thing. Just, just go and fucking dominate. White Sox fans. I can tell you right now, if there's seven teams interested in Craig Kimbrell and he ends up going to the White Sox in the same town, you are not going to like what you give up for him. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now, uh, because that would have to be far and away the best deal for them to do that. And you're not going to like it. You might like Kimberly. You're not going to like whatever you have to give up for him. So just be prepared for that. If it happens, um, Red Sox obviously makes a lot of sense. They're familiar with him. I think though, I, I, again, I'm just thinking how time usually works. I think Ryan Tapera is also having a great year from the Cubs. I think he's going to be the one to go to the Red Sox to kind of just solidify that bullpen. You got sale coming back for the rotation. So that should solidify their rotation. And um, maybe I've heard the Anthony Rizzo to Red Sox rumors. I don't know if there's any, I don't, I Rizzo is the one guy I don't see leaving the Cubs. I don't think you're going to get that. You sign him? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they'll necessarily re-sign him, but I think that's a guy who kind of rides off into the Cubs sunset, leaves as a free agency. They don't mess around with it. I never got the feeling that Chris Bryant was as beloved as Anthony Rizzo on that team. Like from, from a fan standpoint, I think that Anthony Rizzo is the guy uh, who is just beloved there. I and get it, but it, it, it's to not get nothing in return. If you're not going to re-sign him, even if you, even if you want to re-sign him, you do what the Yankees do with, Chapman, you trade him and you sign him. Look, you know that. I know that. This is the same team that salary dumped you, Darvish. So it's not, I don't know that the Cubs know that. We'll see. This but um, I, yeah, that's where I think the Jays, the Jays more than any team who's even slightly in it, because they're like the Yankees, they're kind of on that border. I, I could see why they're buyers. I don't know how much I believe in them at this point, but they need Craig Kimbrell the most. And for whatever reason, the Jays and Mets seem to never give up anything of value at trade deadlines when they make big splashes. So uh, would be very pro, would be very type, uh, very to the script that the Cubs don't get a great return for Kimbrell and the Jays don't give up a mu much and they need him. And that just makes sense to me. So that's why I'm picking the Jays the most. White Sox absolutely makes sense for a ripoff and the Red Sox makes sense. Those are probably the top three teams I see. Um, but whoever doesn't get Kimbrel, Ryan Tapera is absolutely a nice 1A option who will cost less. Trevor Story gets drilled by everyone's uh, most hated guy in Major League Baseball, Shohei Otani. Hits him with a 97-mile-per-hour fastball. Almost starts World War III. Not good for the Olympics relations either. 
And uh, story ends up being okay because you know what? The Americans won the World Baseball Classic. We're tough. Trevor Story takes one off the knuckles and he's fine. And uh, it so looked a lot. Cool. Yeah, it looked a lot worse than it was. Yeah, good for Trevor Story. He survives it. Uh, Shohei Otani, try again. You're you're just not that good with that fastball. Got to throw harder. Um, so he's still very much. I I can't. It, it's the Rockies again. So I have that caveat, but. Trevor Story is a guy you have to trade. Rockies are going nowhere. He's a he's going into free agency. Their farm system isn't even that great, even though they suck, which is always the worst case scenario for a team. You got to trade him. I don't care what the Rockies say that they don't feel like they have to. Like that's just a yeah. bully. Yeah. Um, now that now the Brewers added Escobar, so take them off the list. Where is Story going? I have a team that this is out of the box thinking. I think. A team I mentioned before makes sense, which is the Giants. They need to replace Crawford. So that's a deal I can see for the Giants. Chris Bryant, for whatever reason, I feel like will cost more, maybe because he's having a better season uh, and he's not dealing with elbow issues and he plays more positions than Story, although you can theoretically move Story off shortstop. I like that. I I, I don't think that's a bad guess at all. Here's an out-of-the-box theory. John Gray and Trevor Story – to the Mets and Trevor Story plays third base. Okay, I can see that too. Um, I was gonna say I, I just and that's story. how Lindor is short and Story at third is there's nothing getting through that side of the field. Yeah, and if you lose one of those injury prone outfielders, you can probably move Story there too. Uh, same theory, by the way, for Chris Bryant. You move Chris Bryant to third, you move him in the outfield. So uh, either one of them makes sense for the Mets. I see we have a lot of people watching. I want to see some comments, guys. I see we have a lot of eyes on the show. Let us know what you guys think. Chime in. Let us know where you think Trevor's story is going. Because I think of anyone, Henry, that's probably the one I'm most confused about. Not because I don't think, you know, he could fit somewhere, but I just don't know where. Um, It's not the Yankees anymore. Now that they've done Gallo, they're not going to get story. It's not the Rays. They don't need that. It's... Uh, we talked about the Mets, maybe it, with it's not the White Sox. Like they're not going to move Tim Anderson off shortstop. I don't think they. I guess they could put him in the outfield theoretically, but they're going to probably focus on pitching. It's probably not the Red Sox. I don't uh, think the Yankees are done. By the way, I do. <laughs> I don't. What What could they possibly add at this point for like a million bucks? An infielder. Maybe. I mean, it'd be like a utility guy who. It could be a guy like Alderton Simmons that drastically improves the defense, and maybe we can get rid of Voight. I mean, they'd have to eat. Well, if it, see if they traded Voight, which this is a little bit of conspiracy theory, tin uh, tinfoil hat here. Luke Voight and Clint Frazier in the last 48 hours have both magically been announced on rehab assignments after, like, we had no updates about them. And magically, in the last day or two, they're both on rehab assignments. Uh, if you can clear prorated Clint Frazier and or clear prorated Luke Voigt, you're all of a sudden talking about, you know, two, three, four million dollars more than you're talking about four or five, six million dollars under the payroll. And then all of a sudden you could be talking about, you know, an Andros and Simmons prorated type. But we'll see. Um I don't. I, I've always kind of liked the Yankees twins rumors. Uh, it's not going to be Kepler anymore because they have Gallo, but there's still some pieces there that maybe can benefit the Yankees. If there's a player from the Twins, it's going to be Burials probably. 
Yeah, uh, Barrios salary-wise would be fine. I don't know how much more Cashman's going to dig into those prospects. Uh, he has done a good job protecting the top ones with his Gallo trade. So good. Not for a him single, there. not a single top ten prospect given up. Really, Duran's not even in the top ten. He's not. Uh, that's surprising. I, I do, I do think Ezekiel Durant's a solid prospect. Um, and Clark, well, Clark Schmidt though is only because he, I guess, he graduated. If he's All not right. a top ten, I mean, Clark Schmidt was like their top three prospect last. He doesn't. Year. He doesn't count. I don't. I don't believe. Yeah. All right. So that's basically like giving up a top three or four prospect. But um, that's surprising. I'm surprised about Durant. I thought he'd be higher. So. Yes, yeah, story. It's not the Jays. It's not the Rays. It's not the Red Sox. It's probably not the White Sox. Probably not the Astros. Although, is Bregman back? I think he is, right? Yeah, he made a hell of a catch the other day. Yeah, and they traded Toro, so they're certainly not going to acquire story now. Uh, not the A's. The A's just got their guy. So, yeah, I mean, that market can't be maybe the Mariners. I don't. I don't know what they've got. I, I think about like signals. Yeah, they are very, very into the buying selling thing at the same time. So it wouldn't surprise me. But uh, I think the NL makes the most sense for story. Uh, you could talk yourself into like the Mets or it doesn't look like the Phillies are going to do much of anything. So I don't know what their mission is, except to be mediocre for eternity. Um, I think the Giants and the Mets are the are the. Yeah, a, a process of elimination. I mean, neither of those is a clean fit for me, but I, I do agree with you on both kind of narratives. They can both make sense. Uh, so we'll see with story. I don't know how big that market is, and it's the Rockies, so they'll probably get ripped off anyway. Um, Kyle Gibson is a guy who intrigues me. So a little story about Kyle Gibson. Three years ago, he completely changed his mechanics uh, with the Twins, I believe started throwing up in the zone, which was like, if you remember, Henry, that was like a revolution three years ago was they, these guys started figuring out, hey, we could throw high fastballs, high we'll get fastball. more strikeouts. Yeah. And Kyle Gibson transformed himself from like a ground ball, soft contact guy into like a high K guy. And then he kind of sucked for like a year or two. <laughs> now he's in his mid thirties and he's good again. He's having a really, really good season for Texas in not a hitter, in not a pitcher's park. So Gibson's got trade value. He is one of those guys I always envision like a like a Jeff Supon type where he's that guy pitching in a big World Series game and he just lights out. And I haven't no heard that name forever. What's that? I haven't heard Supon's name in forever. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Um, but he's that kind of guy to me where it's like no one – like he, he he happened at the deadline. He got some good prospects, but no one expected him to move the needle and then he just becomes red hot in the playoffs. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he's that type of guy. The question is, where is he going? Because this is the backup. Make no mistake, he's the backup to Max Scherzer at this deadline. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. And and you only have you know teams that are in it. The Mets are a good fit. Uh, the Yankees could be a good fit, but I I like him better in the Mets with that ballpark, honestly. Yeah. Gibson to the Mets is the early return, and also Gabe is saying uh, Brewers. Nope. Sorry, that was for Brian, or uh, that was for Story. But Jacob saying Gibson to the Mets makes sense. Uh, Gabe saying he hopes the Padres get Gibson if they can't get Scherzer. That would be a good gift for the Padres. They yeah, Gabe wouldn't have to Padres give up a lot. Too, it's nice to have him on. Um, 
those are two interesting teams. I mean, uh, yes, right? Like, this is the arms race I was talking about. If the Dodgers land Scherzer, Padres are probably going to go and land Gibson. Yeah, they got a counter. To counter it. Uh, Mets, I can see the need. Carlos Carrasco, I believe, pitches Friday, uh, I think, if nothing's changed. So he's coming so here, back. Here's, here's the thing with the Mets. I think the Mets are in a comfortable position. I don't yeah. think the Braves and the Phillies are consistent or good enough right now to catch the Mets. I just don't. Yeah, I think they're going to win. And we said this, too. I think they're going to win the division by default. <laughs> they can, no they can do nothing and win that division. right Yeah, now. I agree with that. I think they're going to, you know, call it fortune, good fortune or whatever. I mean, they've certainly had enough bad juju over the years to deserve a year like this. I think they're going to win the NL East by default. The question is, what can they do to put themselves? Because I don't think they're in that Dodgers, Padres, and even really, I think the Brewers would beat them head to head, but that'd be an interesting series. Giants would probably um, beat them. Giants are, gosh, I, I talk about a team. You just, I still don't love them, but they're so good. They're so good by every metric, by everything you love about a World Series team they have clutch hitting they hit for contact they grind pitchers into the ground they've got a good pitching staff they've got relief staff they have comebacks they play well at home they do they have good defense they have everything well and i just like i can't get over the fact that they came so far out of nowhere the red sox don't surprise me because they do this but the giants is like last year too it started it started last season and we kind of laughed and we said "Eh, it's covid and hey here we are talking about the giants because last season, I was like, oh, that's cute. Like, the Giants are playing 500 right. ball. They're not a 90-loss team. But this year, it's like the Giants could win 95 games in a really, really good division. And you're like, where did this come from? Um, and now you're talking World Series, and I can't talk you out of it because it's absolutely valid. So, yeah, maybe. Maybe that makes sense. Kyle Gibson, by the way, would be a great fit in San Francisco. He would. It's a good so, point, man. Yeah, uh, I think though. So we have we have the NL West just eating up all the pitchers, basically. I I was just about to say I think Scherzer and Gibson are both going to go to the big three in the NL West. That that's my guess. I could see the Mets should absolutely be in on Gibson. I don't think they're going to be in on Scherzer. But here's my hot take. This will make people like Jacob happy. The eleventh hour on Friday night, because that's when the that's I, the deadline's like Saturday four p.m. Right, but. The 31st. When is the 31st? 31st is Saturday. So, yeah. But I, it's no longer midnight. That changed a few years ago. I think it's 4 p.m. Okay. Because um, we had that one deal. Maybe it was the Verlander deal. I remember. It was the Verlander deal. Yeah. That it was came like in minutes after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Mets and Red Sox, I think, will be the last two teams who make a significant but not large deal. I just, That's the gut feel. I think they're both going to wait it out, see what's left, and sign it. Um, that's my prediction. So I think they will make moves. I don't think you're going to see it till the 11th hour. And I don't know that it's necessarily even going to be someone of Kyle Gibson's caliber, but I do think they'll make moves to pair as my top choice for the Red Sox. I'm not really quite sure what the Mets are going to do, but I think they'll do something. I guess so. the Mets, the Mets got to plug a hole at their base and starting pitcher. One of the two or both. So, yeah. Uh, third base and the rotation. I could see both of those things. Jacob saying, you know, if healthy, Jake, Noah, Stroman. Um, the, pro- the problem with that is two of those four guys haven't pitched all year. Right. And this is the disclaimer I put on everyone, including Luis Severino, for what feels like 10 years now. When you're coming back from Tommy John, 
even after 12 months, because at this point, Noah, Sale, and Severino stick out. They've all over that 12-month mark. Mm -hmm. You usually suck <laughs> or are not what you remember in that first, first year back. So I would have zero expectations if I'm a Red Sox fan of Sale, even though he's, he's a medical freak. I'd have zero expectations for Noah if I'm a Mets fan, and I do have zero expectations for Severino. Uh, if they can get back on the mound and get their reps in, that's a win for 2021 for any of those three guys. You know what would be nice? If the Mets land a pitcher, you could, similar to, like I said, with Severino and the Yankees, stick him in the bullpen the rest of the year. You, yeah. put, you put Noah Syndergaard in that bullpen for the remainder of the year. That's what I'm talking that's about. That's a fucking monstrous weapon to fucking come out of the pen, look at Edwin Diaz and say, watch how it's done, baby. Mm -hmm. and, I, and you can. I'm saying it and I'm loving it more and more as, a, you know. Oh, I agree with you. And this is how baseball is won now is you take some starters and you put them in the bullpen if they're self-translate. If the Yankees made the playoffs, that's where Severino should be because you can have Garrett Cole and presumably a healthy Corey Kluber and Jordan Montgomery, who has very underratedly been pitching great, and Jamison Talion, same thing. You, and you can put Domingo Herman and Luis Severino in the bullpen and they can join the lasagna, the low oh, Domingo, Domingo Herman, he's been doing his thing. Yeah. Well, they, well, my point is, though, you have four starters if you're the Mets or the Yankees. You can add a starter or two into that bullpen, and then you can you can add that to what you already have, you know, a few good arms. And now, all got, of a sudden, you got the Nationals a title, right? Doing just yeah. that, got them a title. Exactly. By the way, yeah. you think you think the Nationals shopped that uh, Strasburg contract? I was just talking about this earlier. Uh, it, it's a wash for me. Um, he basically ended his career to win that World Series is how I see it. But better to end it by winning a World Series than just like slowly deteriorate and never win. So look, the National signed, Scher they, they signed Scherzer and Strasburg and Annabelle Sanchez and everyone and Patrick Corbin to win a World Series. They did it. It was year one. <laughs> And everyone knew the next year they were going to suck. But if you had to choose anyone, whether it was Scherzer, Corbin, or Strasburg, to really suffer for what they did in 2019 to win that title, it was going to be Strasburg. And I don't think he had the type of arm that was going to pitch until he was 37 anyway. Yep. So you got what you wanted. Sorry. I mean, the Nationals were never going to be a dynasty at that juncture. If they were going to be one, it would have been back in like 2012. They sold so, their soul on the Strasburg contract and the Corbin contract. They went the extra year that team, other teams weren't going for Corbin. Yeah. And then he absolutely fucking stunk in the playoffs and they stuck him in the bullpen. And I think that that's where it, it went wrong because if you're a Nationals fan, you were saying, okay, Scherzer's getting old, Strasburg injury prone, Let's get this solid guy in his late 20s who could be a front-end pitcher for the next three or four years. And Corbin almost immediately was not that. Yep. And now what you have is Scherzer's going to leave. Strasburg may never pitch again. And if he does, he may never be the same guy again. I think he'll pitch again. I mean, thoracic outlet syndrome is not a no-brainer return type of injury. Uh, and if it is, like I said, he, he loses velocity. I mean, you know, it, it, it's a dangerous injury. We're seeing guys a little bit more come back from it, but it, it's no guarantee he's going to be a front-end guy ever again is my point. Yeah. And Patrick Corbin now is not not even not a front-end guy. He's, he's bad. <laughs> he's a bad pitcher. So, I, I do feel like going into some of the Yankee groups that I'm a part of Yeah. and and laughing because when Corbin went to the Nationals, they blew a fucking gasket. Oh, Cashman is cheap. Hal is cheap. They wouldn't give the six-year. 
what's this year four three yeah. four it, uh, they'll counter with you that uh, he won a chip, even though he had nothing to do with it. Which I do. I think there's some truth. I think the Yankees would have won in 2019 if they had a front end guy. Just Corbin was not that guy. We learned. So, uh, so what can you do? But yeah, I, looking back, that's one of those moves that the best moves you make are are sometimes the ones you don't make, and that was one of them for the Yankees. By the way, we had a question way early on the best deadline deal. Um, I don't know if it was the best, but the one that sticks out to me as a Yankee fan that really, really, really just completely changed the tune of the team was David Justice. <laughs> like they signed David Justice and I think he hit like, I don't know, a few like 20 home runs the second half of this season. He had just a monster second year and that team took off and it really wasn't that great. And I think they won the World Series in 2000 when they did it. Um that one sticks out, obviously. I, I was that was Roger immediate, Clemens. too. What's that? That was immediate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, he was just immediately a perfect fit to that lineup. They won the World Series, so that's all you asked for. Obviously, Justin Verlander for the Astros is a non-Yankee one that sticks out to me. Um, they had a run of – there was a run of those for a while that they made the deadline deal, and then that team won the World Series. Um, so take any of those. If you make a deal for a guy – he has a big second half and you win the World Series and he helped do it. They're all a tie for the I'll most give, part. I'll give you two guys that were traded at the deadline to the teams that they became legends on. Okay, good. If you're saying them, we can't hear you. Did you know that one? I didn't hear either of them. What would you say? Red McGriff. Was traded at the deadline. To the Braves? To the Braves. Wow, I didn't know that. And Fred McGriff's one of my favorite, one of my first favorite players. And the Orioles acquired Kurt Schilling and Brady Anderson in 1988. Wow. Yeah, those are good ones. <laughs> those are those are good ones. I never knew uh, Fred McGriff was traded at the deadline. That's I remember this one. Derek Lowe and Jason Veritek. That was a big mm -hmm. one. That wasn't in 04, though, right? No, nah, that was in 97. Yeah, because as I say, I think they were both there. McGuire to the Cardinals was a deadline deal. Yeah, I mean, these are all good deadline deals, but I the ones that are my favorite are the ones you make it and you immediately win the World Series. Like in Not that your deals are less value, because obviously if you trade for a guy like Fred McGriff, you're going to have a better long run with it. But I want the instantaneous the Verlander and Justice instant gratification deals. Kershaw and traded to the Diamondbacks at the deadline. Yeah, that makes me really angry to think about. That, <laughs> that, uh, that was like a great deal for the Diamondbacks, their only relevant year in the history of that franchise. Um, God, what a hateable team that was, yeah. by the way. I, I know everyone like – The CC Sabathia trade to the Brewers was fun because – you just saw CC have fun, man. When he just—he was hitting, he was doing everything. That's a good one. I, you know, they didn't win the World Series that year, but CC absolutely put them onto another level that they weren't going to reach without him. And they he got CC paid. He went to a level. Oh, I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll, be back. <laughs> I'll just continue my tirade here. CC that year in 08 went to a level we may never see again from a pitcher in two months, uh, uh, mainly because of the complete games that he threw. I mean, he, the dude almost never had a bullpen until the playoffs. Uh, ah, it came in. <laughs> there you go. 
I implore everyone, I know you're all baseball fans, if you have not looked up the game logs from CC Sabathia with the Brewers in 08, go back and do it. It's one of those things where it's aged really nicely and you'll have a huge appreciation for it 13 years later. Go back and look at the game logs for what he did for the Brewers in 08. It's un- I did it recently, like in the past couple months. It's unbelievable. And, look, and, and look at his hitting stats. Look at his hitting stats too. Yeah, the dude was uh, that was so that was that was one of those things, Henry. We've talked about it on this show before. One of those baseball things that you watch and you're just like, holy shit, I love this sport. And I'm sure it's all over that book. <laughs> it's autographed. It's autographed. Nice. That's awesome. So I I haven't purchased a book in a long time. When I knew this was coming out, I That's said I was yeah. going to buy this. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna put this. Look, I'm gonna cover the Otani book with it. <laughs> you think he owns a team one day? You think he's in that kind of uh, stratosphere? I don't know because you hear him talk in interviews, and, and he's just enjoying life. Yeah, so much outside of baseball, and he's very transparent about how much the travel and all the other shit being away from his family, how much it sucks. He's yeah. very, very transparent. So I, I don't, I don't think so. Okay. I, uh, I, in my head, I thought yo, he'd be a, a fantastic coach. He says he has no zero interest in it. I don't blame him. I, that is something that so many fans don't understand. Uh, because it, like, a, How about you make A-Rod a manager or Derek Jeter should be a manager? Like the, those guys don't want that job. Their sights are obviously higher. I mean, we saw Jeter freaking is an owner now, and you know A-Rod wants to do that so badly to be like Jeter again. But um, I, like. Guys just don't want to do that. Like some guys just aren't cut out to go into coaching. Yeah, he's very honest about it and he says he hates it. So, yeah, I thought the same. But so when I opened this book and I went to read it, this is the first three words of the book. I'm a weird alcoholic. (laughs) That's literally how the book starts. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, This is. Yeah. Must read stuff. So, yeah, anyway, go back, read it. It's uh, like the CC Brewers run for me is is every bit up there with uh, Stanton in 2017, that home run run he went on, or the uh, the McGuire-Sosa chase, um, the Oakland A's 20-something game winning streak and the Indians 20-something game winning streak. Like you just, night after night, you're like, what's going to happen next? Yeah, what, what's going to happen next? Um, you know, know what was like that? It, there was a stretch about a two week stretch where Tina Martinez hit a. It seemed like he had a home run every day. Yeah, that was like magical because he was like he did it again and then he did it again and then he did it again. Tina's one of those super fulfilling guys because he he killed the Yankees in '95 and then the Yankees go and get him and turn him into a Yankee lore hero, which they did a lot. You know, Daryl Strawberry and Dwight Gooden didn't kill them, but they uh, they basically they took the Mets like two of the Mets like gods and made them World Series champions multiple times over. Um, They did that with Tino from the Mariners, and Tino was just, yeah, he was that guy. You know, his playoff numbers weren't even that good with the Yankees, but he had such huge moments, like the home run against the Diamondbacks. His clutch numbers were huge. Yeah, his clutch numbers were huge. Yeah, he was. Pressure situations, he was huge. It's the exact opposite 
of some of the Yankees now is like he, he wasn't great, but when the game was on the line, he almost always hit a huge home run and my mom had a crush on him. So that was a cool bonus. Um, but yeah, good stuff. Good. We're, we should just have a show about late nineties and uh, have like three people tune in. Um, so do any of these move, do any of these moves move the needle for you yet? Cause I think the best is still yet to come. Gallo is pretty huge as of today. I, I like the Tampa Bay Nelson Cruz deal to me stands out because Tampa Bay was playing absolutely hot before the series with the Yankees. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's just an impact hitter. There's a couple guys we didn't talk about real quick. Berrios, Pineda, Buxton, Kepler, and Maeda all on the twins. If the twins want to reload, now is their chance. Yeah. Um, but to, to answer uh. your question, it's, it's probably the – right now I'd, I'd say the Nelson Cruz trade to me is the most impactful. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with that, actually, because that's a dynamic changing move. And we haven't seen Scherzer or, or Gibson go yet because they would do the same thing, potentially. Um, Nelson Cruz is, like I said, it, it's the best fit. And I think it's the potential highest impact fit that we've seen so far for the Rays, because the Rays are probably going to either win. the You know, I, I wouldn't rule them out for the division yet. It almost feels like we're giving the Red Sox the division, not just us, but everyone. I mean, it's a one and a half game lead. So, like, it's absolutely a division race for them. This Boston team reminds me so much of that team a couple years ago that won the chip. And That's that what year, it is. Yeah, that year yeah. they they came back and it felt like you could never beat them. Yeah, this year they lead. Yeah. They lead the league and come from behind wins again this year. Yes, they've got the health and the magic that reminds you of a weight, but this team's not a weight. Like they're not going to, or 18, they're not going to win 108 games. They're not a juggernaut powerhouse. They're a team that's going to compete for best record in the AL, but they may not, like the Rays could win that division. They're only one and a half out. Their run differential is actually better than the Red Sox, which is surprising because you think about Red Sox offense and mm -hmm. you think about, you know, the, the great offense that they, they have three MVP candidates. Um, but the Rays could win that division and Nelson Cruz could absolutely be the difference that puts them over the top and makes them go from wild card play in to potentially best record in the AL. Because if you win the AL East, you might also have the best record in the AL. So that I agree with. I think that's that's the move. By the way, that deal. It's Glenn Otto, Trevor Howard, Ezekiel Durant, Everson Pereira, and Randy Vasquez. Uh, chain. So, yeah, so it's actually a five-player deal, and I don't see Clark Schmidt in there. I actually like that. I was about to say, that sounds like a better deal for the Yankees. Yep, and uh, Jeff Passan's also reporting Josh Smith is part of the return. Hmm. So it looks like six Yankee prospects none of which are top 100 and none of which, according to you, are top 10 are going Duran to... Duran was the closest at 15. Yep, are going to the Rangers for Gallo and John King. That's as of right now on MLB Trade Rumors. Josh Smith, by the way, another guy having a fantastic season, but not a heralded prospect for the yeah. Yankees. I'm okay with this, especially if you don't give up Schmidt. Yeah, and there's your son right on time chiming in. The deal is not done, according to Michael K. So that's my boy. That should get interesting. Uh, you don't seems don't like it's not done. Seems like the names are not done. Just don't, uh, my boy. Stop typing in caps. You're making me look bad, brother. <laughs> Boomer J has joined us. By the way, the Yankee Rays game is one-one. Another thing to point out about that division race: 
Rays and Red Sox, I think, have like 13 or 14 games left against each other. Yeah. They've barely played. The, so, AL, the AL East has a ton of games in general just against one another. Yeah. Uh, Yankees and Red Sox, I think, have played the most. They've now played like 14 times so or 13 times. So. I mean, the Red Sox have played 14 times. Yeah. The Yankees have not shown up to any of those games. Yeah, Yankees have barely played the Orioles, and the Red Sox and Rays have barely played each other. And I don't think we've played Toronto all that much either. I think there's like nine games there left too. So I don't. Uh, anyway, I agree with you. Nelson Cruz, if I can, if, if we can have the halfway to the um, halfway to the trade deadline uh, evaluation right now, I think Nelson Cruz is the guy that's been the best trade so far for a division contender. We'll see over the next few days what happens. Um, but that's the only move where I can definitively say that one move is going to make a team potentially go from where they are to a whole different level with the Rays. So we'll have to see about that. But um, I do look up. I guess Judge is okay because he is pinch hitting for Florio. Yeah, that makes things even weirder. Maybe he – it could have been like a COVID scare. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Maybe a respiratory maybe. issue. Who knows? Yeah, so – this anyway, was fun. this was fun. It's been a good deadline so far. So we uh, we will be back. <laughs> I won't say when. It seems to actually be working better if we announce late when we're coming back. Um, but our time slot is Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern. We have uh, the Audible and full swing football season is ramping up. Kelvin Benjamin just cut from the Giants. We all saw that coming. And um, then you got basketball. You know, tune into that. The finals may be over, but basketball never ends, and the dra- draft already – no, draft hasn't happened. When is the draft now? The draft a- hasn't happened, and, uh, again, USA Basketball, they got a big win yesterday. Good point, Olympics, yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, hopefully they can right the ship because they looked awful in, in whatever round-robin tournament that was prior to medal- meddling. I, I will say about the audible, Matt better not take too much time off. I got a little comfortable with Randy, man. We were having fun yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta watch yourself, Matt. You gotta less family vacation time, more uh, more audible time, and then you've got work shoot. Of course, Corey Richmond and um, and Jason Brooks do a great job there on Thursday nights. So, plenty of options. Tune into our podcasts. We will be back. We'll announce when total and bases, what. Total bases, total bases, total bases. Of course, the other baseball podcast that's usually on Sunday late mornings. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back. Happy trade deadline. Good luck to your teams, unless you're a Red Sox or Astros fan. This has been Donk City. Everyone have a good night. Donk City, bitches.